You're listening to Hilltop History with your hosts, JJ and Al. Meet the people who make history come alive at Fort Henry National Historic Site. Join us as we explore 19th century garrison life, drums, guns, and secrets past. So polish your boots, shine your buttons, and let's begin. Welcome, listeners, to another engaging episode of Hilltop History, a Fort Henry podcast. Joining me, as always, is my co-host, JJ. Hello, everyone. So, Al, I am very excited about this topic. You may not think that I like this stuff, but... Yeah, I wouldn't peg you as a, you know, guns and explosions and gun grease kind of gal, <laughs> you know, that's your, not your vibe. Oh, yeah. Actually, my family is quite interested in firearms, especially historic weapons. So this has been a topic of conversation in our home since I was a kid. And personally, I am fascinated by historic weapons, but most of all, cannons. Well, then you are in luck because today we're talking to the man who has, I think, one of the most interesting jobs at Fort Henry. And he's also a dear friend of mine. Welcome, Mr. Cameron Smith, quartermaster of Fort Henry. Hello. Thanks for having me, JJ and Al. Welcome to Hilltop History. You excited? Yeah, I'm very excited. I'm glad you guys had me on. I want to talk about cannons. I want to talk about (laughs) things that go boom. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely a really cool job that you get to tell people that you do. So first we want to know, tell us, what do you do at the fort? What's your job like at Fort Henry? Well, as, as quartermaster of Fort Henry, I kind of oversee everything that the guard uses, wears, touches, really, in terms of their equipment and their uniforms. I am in charge of making sure that they have it, that it works, that it's in good shape. And if anything needs to change, if supplies need to be ordered, if uniforms need to be tailored, then I'm the one that kind of makes sure, make sure that the guard have that. So if they need it, I get it. Well, great. So at the fort, I would assume you'll have a secure storage site for, you know, for the equipment and especially the explosives. And so kind of tell us, what does your workspace kind of look like? Um, In Fort Henry, in the lower, in the lower fort, there's a section of the fort that's the quartermaster stores and it's designated as our storage area for all, a secure storage area. So it's all under lock and key and alarm and we have anything that I need. It's just a big, basically a big workshop with anything I, any kind of tools I would need. There's a lot of specialized tools that go along with taking care of the cannons and the firearms and and the uniforms and stuff like that. So I kind of need this big space to house all the things and supplies I need so that if I need it on a moment's notice, I know where it is and I can go grab it. So we have a, a pretty big workshop that is tailored to working with the Fort Henry Guard and, and what any uh, needs that they have. We're curious, Cam, you know, what is your biggest challenge as quartermaster? And then also, you know, what's your favorite part as quartermaster? Maybe a rose and a thorn. A rose would probably be, you know, like working with, with black powder. When I went into this job, I didn't think that's like something that I was going to be, you know, doing so often and like making things explode. I don't think many people in the world can say that they do that on a day-to-day basis on their, in their summer job. So it's, it's really awesome to be able to like do that and know the ins and outs and kind of obviously doing it safely, but still being able to do that and, make people wowed every time they come to the fort and see these big explosions. Um, it's also working with the great staff here at Fort Henry. We have such a unique and enthusiastic staff that come in, very dedicated staff, people that come back 
three, four, five years in a row, summers in a row that want to work here and want to interpret the life of an 1867 soldier and, and be that person. And they bring a lot to the job. Probably a thorn would probably be kind of taking care of the ins and outs of each individual person, like the guard, as a lot of people come back every year, but it's, there's a lot of different people, a lot of, you know, six foot five people. And there's a lot of five foot two people like that's, that's a crazy difference in terms of equipment sizes and uniform sizes. That's definitely, definitely a big, a big challenge. So it takes, it takes a lot of preparation just to make sure everything kind of goes smoothly. But yeah, no, it's, it's still, still a great job. You're a busy guy gearing up for the season every year, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So Cam, tell us about the historic weapons that the Fort Henry Guard use. Are the rifles they fire real? Yep, absolutely. They're all authentic Snyder Enfield rifles, breech-loading rifles. Um, the, uh, these came into use in the British Army in the 1860s and 1870s. So the majority of the firearms we have here, the rifles we have, are all from that time period. So they're, some of them are over 150 years old now. So they're all authentic artifacts, basically, that we use every day. Oh, yeah. really cool. Yeah. So yeah. all those rifles, you know, how did they end up kind of in your care or at Fort Henry? Well, Fort Henry was garrisoned, obviously, in the 1860s and up into the 1890s. And then it was left to itself for a while. And during the World Wars, it was kind of taken back over for different uses. Um, but there would have been probably a stockpile of these rifles kept there. And it would have been used as a storage facility by the military for a number of years. So don't know for sure, but there was probably a lot at Fort Henry when they decided to open it as a tourist site. And there's also been times around the world where stockpiles have been found and that might have been released kind of to the public and people that wanted to buy it. So at some point someone might have been like, oh, 30 Snyder Enfield rifles, let's buy them and bring them to Kingston so they can use them for the Fort Henry Guard. But it's it's kind of uh, all just guesses at this point. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. And the fort was restored and reopened um, to the public in, is it the 1930s? Yeah, 1930s is when kind of the big project happened, right? It was a, a pretty big make, make work project to get a lot of people working during the Great Depression. And now it's, it, it was about, it opened for a year and then it kind of had to, World War II happened. So it kind of pushed down the opening a little bit, but yeah, it's been open consistently since the 1950s, I believe. Amazing. Yeah. So I think I have an idea, but uh, tell us how the rifles fire. Um, well, the rifles, they use, um, well, they're all black powder. We use black powder here at Fort Henry, and that's basically just charcoal, sulfur, and a bit of potassium nitrate, which was called, still called saltpeter. Um, it's very different than kind of the smokeless powder that's used today. It's very messy and, and um, creates a nice big flash and boom, but it's also a lot uh, less clean than the than powders that we use today. So, but that's basically the gist of how they go boom. We have a little ignition source. Uh, most of our, all the cartridges we use are, have a little primer in them and that ignites the powder that we put into those uh, cartridges. So all these rifles that the Fort Henry Guard use, you know, they're firing them many times a day for you know, kind of from May to September every year. So you as quartermaster, what's kind of your main job uh, that you have to do to care for these rifles to make sure that they're safe uh, and uh, kind of clean for the for the the guard? 
Um, well, it takes a lot of work, obviously, to make sure that they're always clean. As I, as I said before, the black powder is a very messy substance, especially when it's being, you're firing 20 blank charges of black powder into the, out of the rifle in once, uh, one period of time over the course of days. So it's, a, it's just a lot, a lot of stuff to clean up after. So maintain the rifles takes every season. I have to go through every single rifle, take it apart, make sure that it's still functional, that all the pieces are still in good shape, put it back together, make sure I have a checklist of things I go through on each rifle to make sure it can still function properly. So when I give it to the staff when they land, that they can take it and be confident that it's a safe operating rifle. Once we get into the season, every week we'll, have, we'll probably do a full clean through of the rifles and involves a lot of a lot of water and a lot of uh, scrubbing. We have some specialized tools in uh, the quartermaster stores like um, rifle cleaning rods with brass brushes that can, that can easily clean up all that kind of gunk, that black powder gunk, that kind of the residue that, that results from cleaning it out. And we need to do that because eventually if you never clean the rifles, they would just fill up with this black powder substance, very, very hard substance, and it would clog the barrel, which would be very dangerous if, if it was left unchecked. So that's what we got to do. Yeah, that sounds like a dirty job. Uh, yep. Someone's got to do it, right? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And what's the biggest challenge you've had to face since starting working at the fort when caring for these historic rifles? Well, uh, as I said before, too, the rifles are, well, some of them are 150 years old, so they're not in manufacturer anymore, so they're they're going to be hard to come by new ones and pieces for those parts for those those rifles are going to be hard to come by. Luckily, since we only use about 30 to 40 rifles every year and need to use them, we have a lot of extra rifle parts that we can kind of scrounge from. But especially over the course of Fort Henry's history, almost 80 years of um, interpretation, we're, you're going to go through a lot of parts. So it's it's a constant challenge to make sure that we're taking care of our rifles properly and making sure that we have enough supplies on hand. So in addition to rifles, the Fort Henry Guard also fires cannons, correct? Yes, yep, absolutely. They, yeah. We do fire multiple types of cannons here at the fort. Yeah, so just tell us a little bit about what kind of, you know, cannons you fire and, uh, you know, do they fire cannonballs from them? No, no, they don't fire cannonballs, Al. They fire all blank art plank charges, similar to um, the kind of systems we use with the, the rifles, the, the cider Enfields, they all use blank charges. So obviously the charges are a little bit bigger, whereas uh, a rifle cartridge uses about 20 grains of black powder, which is a, a measurement used for weighing uh, powder. Um, we use almost a pound of, of black powder for the charges in, their, in our large cannons up on the wall, up on the ramparts. So those are the, the cannons up on the wall, the 24 pounders and the carronade and the mortar. And then we use three ounces of powder in um, the Armstrong guns, the field guns we use on the square. And uh, I hear you can go camping out on uh, Cedar Island and they don't have to worry about getting shot by a Fort Henry uh, gun? No, 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 luckily not, not anymore. Okay. Although I'm sure the huge boom has scared some campers <laughs> quite often. Yeah, no, it's an interesting experience. Definitely a unique place to be camping in Ontario. Yeah. When I've been in attendance at sunset ceremonies, the the sound it makes is just incredible. It is just so powerful, so yeah. loud, so yeah. cool. So what what is what maintenance do the cannons need? I I don't even know where to start with those. How do you, how do you keep them working? 
Um, so luckily, you know, the cannons, they're pretty large um, artifacts that we have here, interpretive artifacts. So they can, the wood obviously de deteriorates over time. That takes a lot of maintenance, you know, making sure there's nothing rotting, making sure that uh, we maintain the wood, it's painted over, it's sealed properly, and it's not uh, breaking down. But the cannons themselves, they're, they're a lot more durable. So they can withstand the weather, they can withstand the firings more often. But the same thing with the, the cider Enfields, the, the, the barrels of the cannons uh, still get full of uh, black powder residue as well. So that takes a lot of cleaning and a lot of, uh, a lot of dirty work. We have a couple of jumpsuits here at the fort that we have to get on and we have a big hose that we drag over to the guns and we, we rinse them out and we drain them, get those and do you, clean. Do you use a brush or something to like scrub it away or does it come out just with water? Um, it would mostly come out with water, but any kind of residue that's still sticking around, we do have long um, brushes that we use that we can shove into the end of the guns that were historically used, or they're it's reproduced um, versions of the historical implements used to um, to clean the cannons. So we just use those and they, they have a brass um, brushes on the end of them that we can kind of scrape out the barrel with and that does the job pretty well. Well, you're the behind the scenes weapons guy at Fort Henry, which is so interesting. Yeah. But, you know, that's, that's today. What would have happened back in the day if there was a battle? Would you fight? Probably, more, more likely than not. Anyone that was in the fort, if it was attacked, would probably eventually be called. If you could fire a rifle, you'd be given a rifle and told to man either one of the rifle loopholes or up on the wall. So as quartermaster working with a lot of the equipment, you could be and more experienced. You probably would have been in the army for a number of years at that point. So you'd be experienced enough to be able to fire a rifle and know how to do that. So once I had issued everything I could from the quartermaster stores, all that at that time would have been live, live uh, cartridges and all the black powder for the cans on the walls, I'd take up a rifle and go, go man the ramparts. Back in the 19th century, uh, how would the court, like, what would the quartermaster be doing, you know, during the day? What, what would his main duties be? Uh, would he be doing similar things to you, like looking after the equipment and cleaning them and things? Uh, yeah, the majority of the time, that's probably what they'd be doing. Um, they were an officer in the fort, so they would, they would have similar duties and similar social standing to what an officer of the day would, would be. So they probably have other duties kind of related to that, but most of the time they'd be kind of overseeing a lot of the um, the services that, that are needed for the fort. So like uh, laundry or um, tailoring services and things like that, things to, and keeping in charge of also the inventory. So if they, if they need more replacement uniforms or buckles or ammunition or anything like that, then he would probably be the one that would kind of spearhead that initiative to make sure that if they need to get more things from uh, Britain and shipped over here or stockpiles other places in uh, North America that they would be sent up to them. So that'd be kind of his primary concern. So jumping back to the kind of present day Fort Henry Guard, um, you know, there a lot of them are summer students, right? Uh, so what kind of training uh, do they have to do to you know, work with a historic weapon to do their job? Um, well, it's, it's a very rigorous training program we have here at Fort Henry. Obviously, a lot of our summer staff, like as kind of as you're saying, they don't have a lot of that firearms experience 
actually a majority of the staff we get here probably never picked up a firearm before in their life. So you have to go from someone that's never done it to teach them how to safely use and operate and actually fire, even though they're blank charges, you still treat them as if they're, as if they're loaded with real ammunition. You still have to teach them how to do that safely. So we have a very rigorous program, historic weapons, not, not just at Fort Henry, but across Canada is a very kind of strict field and how you can operate and how you can, how you train people and how people can use them and what situations might arise and what you need to be prepared for. So we make sure our staff are all aware of that. There's firearms training courses across Canada. So we use a lot of those kind of basics from those training programs in our, in our own um, training. So there's the Axe Improve, which are just kind of anagrams for, for learning how to make sure a firearm's safe. So you assume the firearm's always loaded, you control the muzzle direction, keep your finger off the trigger, make you want to see that the firearm is safe so you have to pick it up point it in a safe direction remove anything from uh, from the bore um, observe the action make sure there's nothing in in the in the breech or in the barrel verify that the feeding path is is clear and examine the bore so you want to just basically make sure there's no way at any time that it's loaded until you actually want it to fire so it's a very 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 strict process that everyone must follow that's good. It sounds like the Fort Henry Guard are in safe hands with Quartermaster Smith on the job. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and uh, so a Fort Henry Guard wants to you know, fire a rifle for a demonstration or something. Kind of walk us through what's the process that a guard needs to follow uh, to fire a rifle safely? Well, it's a, it's a bit of a process, definitely. Assuming at this point they're kind of able to handle a firearm safely that um, it's a pretty kind of linear process we get them to do when they're ready they come get their rounds from qm where we store all the ammunition so they'll get issued their rounds for the day or if, if it's a rifle demonstration on their own or if it's a garrison parade or a sunset we'll have the rounds ready for them and they get all their acquired safety equipment as well their the earplugs and gloves if necessary depending on what they're firing and um, they'll take that out into the square and then depending on the demonstration type, they'll secure the range, make sure all the doors are closed that they might be shooting at so there's no one in the exhibits. They'll rope off the square so no one's gonna walk in front of them. And then they'll obviously follow all kinds of safety procedures that we teach them and the proper loading procedures for the Snyder Enfield. So make sure that the rifle's safe as they're using X improve, take the blank charge, put it in the breech, close it up and fire away. Obviously there's a lot of safety steps and you're always aware of your surroundings. And we always have kind of supervisors on hand to make sure that the demonstrations are safe, but it's a very, very um, safe and procedure. And it, it makes it, we're, we're so good at it that the customer usually doesn't know that we're doing all these kind of safety procedures. It's just kind of part of the, the way the fort works. So people are still getting the same experience without having to follow all these super strict procedures themselves. Well, you sound like a very busy guy, Cam, uh, you know, taking care of those rifles and the artillery. But other than that, you know, what other things do you kind of do with the fort or manage the upkeep of? Um, yeah, so yeah, other than a lot of the historic weapons, I'm also there's, that's even, it's a very fun and cool part of my job, but it's such a small part of it as well. I'm, I'm always taking care of all the uniforms. We have thousands of different jackets and pants and, leather cartouches and belts and ball bags like there's so much that goes into making the Fort Henry Guard look the way they do that it takes up a lot of my time sometimes more than the historic weapons so 
it takes a lot of time maintaining them. It also takes a lot of time inventorying and procuring that as well because we have to, they're not easy to make. We, there's only so many suppliers in the, in the country, in the world that can do this type of thing. So I have to work with them very closely to make sure that we get quality products um, that will work for the Fort Henry Guard and look the way we want them to look, but also, you know, doing the best we can to save where we can so we can have the money to use for other things like making things go boom. An incredible and very unique job, Cam. That's so awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Quartermaster Smith. And it sounds like Fort Henry is absolutely stocked when it comes to 19th century weapons. 100%. Definitely. And we've got a, a very passionate, hardworking guy, you know, working behind the scenes, making sure the kind of world-renowned Fort Henry Guard are, are looking their best. So they're very lucky to have you. Thank you. No problem. Thanks for having me. Well, of course. Hope you, to have you back in the future. Definitely. And thank you, listeners, for joining us on this episode. On our next episode, we speak with a member of the Fort Henry Guard about something that was integral to Fort Henry's success and still is today. That's discipline. Catch you next time on Hilltop History. That's JJ and Al standing down. Mm-hmm.